The day has come to identify new opportunities where you can have independent, informed, and objective financial guidance customized to you with clear and transparent advice that is solely in your best interest. Your host, KT Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services and Lead Wealth Advisor at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning, estate planning, investment management, insurance planning, tax strategies, and employee benefits. With more than 25 years of experience, she is joined by Tammy Simons, Director of Advice Services and Wealth Advisor with more than 10 years of experience. New Day Solutions has a highly credentialed team with three advisors holding their CFPs, two of them holding their SEMA certificates. New Day Solutions is a female-run boutique firm dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. At New Day Solutions, we work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals and your financial planning goals. New Day Solutions is a fee-only practice, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Their only objective is to make the best possible financial decisions with you. Fair and transparent financial advice from New Day Solutions. It's time to refresh your thinking when it comes to choosing a firm to serve as your trusted investment partner. Reach out to Katie and Tammy today for a free consultation or go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters, tuning in weekly to help you how to figure out to make the most out of what you're making and understand what kind of benefits and information that you get along the way and how that might work for you or not work for you. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of like in the parenting theme lately. And one of the things that I was thinking about was things like maternity leave and unexpected leave from work due to a health issue or an injury or the sickness of a family member, maybe not even you. And so there are some protections under the law called the Family Medical Leave Act, and it protects people from losing their jobs while they need to take time off, and it allows them to take some time off. And I, I've asked Tammy Simons to join me today to talk about how that works, and then also to talk about a bigger conversation about how to make sure that you're protected financially during times of, I don't want to say health crisis, because sometimes it's health joy. You know, Sometimes it's a new baby coming into the house, but sometimes it's an elderly parent, or sometimes it's you yourself is sick. And how do you make sure that the lights are still on and the wheels don't fall off the bus, so to speak. So 
Tammy, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure, KT. So, you know, we get a chance to kick around a lot of topics. And one of the things I was reading recently in the New Hampshire Business Review was a review about the Family Medical Leave Act and what that actually means for people that live in New Hampshire. And what's interesting is that there's some differences state to state, but fundamentally, would you explain for people what exactly is the Family Medical Leave Act and what can people expect? Yeah, I think this is a great topic because I think it's a topic that's oftentimes misunderstood. So it's a great topic to pick, E.T. The Family Medical Leave Act is an act that was implemented in 1993. And really what it was meant to do was to protect employees if they did need to take a medical leave of absence, they have some medical issues or because somebody in their direct family, like a parent or a child, has some medical issues. It's meant to protect their position at their job. And it's also meant to protect their benefits, such as health insurance at their job. It's not meant to offer a paid leave of absence. And so I think a lot of people misunderstand that. Yeah, they think they're going to get six weeks paid while they go take care of their grandmother. But the answer is no, you might get six weeks and you might not lose your job and you might not lose your benefits, but you're not going to get paid for it unless you have, you know, time coming because time or sick time or whatever that you can access. That's right. And so the, what the Medical Leave Act entitles you to is 12 months of protection for your position. And so that seems to be a long time. It doesn't have to be cumulative or anything like that. You can use it and then go back to work if you need to and then use it again. But it just allows you to be have a secure feeling of knowing that you have a position to go back to and it's not going to impede on your health insurance. Yeah, I also think that people are afraid they're going to lose their job if they ask for too much time off for taking care of somebody in their family that's ill. You know, knowing that you can have your job protected is a big deal. That's correct. We actually have to go back on that, KT. Sorry to interrupt this. I said 12 months is 12 weeks. I was going to say to you that I didn't think it was 12 months, but I'm like, well, she read it and I didn't. I thought it was six weeks. No, it's 12 weeks within 12 months. And as soon as I said it, I thought, oh my All God. Right. <laughs> so I thought it was only six weeks. They can get up to 12 weeks. That's, that's actually even better than I thought. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, so they can take up to 12 weeks during a 12-month period. It doesn't have to be consecutive. It can be if you need a week off to take care of your mom or your dad or a child or yourself. You can do that. If you're able to go back to work, of course, your your employer would be grateful, I'm sure. And then if you needed to take some other time off throughout the year because of the situation, you can do that. And it gives you a 12-month time frame to take that, those 12 weeks off. So a lot of times, let's face it, people... What happens to people doesn't usually clean itself up nice and neatly within a week, that especially if it's a long-time illness, that somebody in your family is that's really ill and you need to take them back and forth to doctor's appointments or they need treatment, especially if somebody is you know seriously ill or, or it's an elderly parent, that you're going to need the ability to access more benefits for a longer period of time. And that this allows you to do that, you know, I mean, obviously you can't be out for like months and months at a time, but you could be out and using a number of weeks over the course of a year to allow you to kind of get through that transition period without worrying about losing your job, which I think is like the most important thing is that they can't fire you over it. That's right. And you know, some companies are do offer paid time leave, some state mandated above and beyond the federal laws. So it's important to know what your company offers, what your state offers and, as well. Yeah. And so there are some guidelines too, right? Typically larger companies, you know, it's tip it's not typical that a smaller company would have a paid family medical leave act because it's kind of expensive for a small employer where a larger employer might have some paid benefit, maybe not the whole 12 weeks, but a portion of it to kind of help people get over it. That's right. And then some states have decided that, you know, they're going to have more of a a consumer advocacy approach and they actually have some paid family medical leave act. And you'd find that on your home state's website, like New Hampshire doesn't have it. Japanese nope. to be my home state, but 
but other states, you're starting to see more of a trend where you're starting to see, you know, not states blanketly saying, oh, they get 12 weeks of pay. You know, I don't, I'm not sure there's anybody saying that yet, but that there's some pay or there's some opportunity so that people don't go bankrupt while they're trying to take care of the people that they love. It's all a matter of knowing what it is your company is offering and what's available for your state at that point and knowing what your rights are. That's right. So the other piece though is even if they give you the 12 weeks and they're not paying you the, I find, I, you know, the other question is how are we going to pay for this? So one of the things people say to me all the time is, oh, I don't need a lot of money in cash reserve. I have credit cards. I have this, I have that. And I'm always like a big believer in having a sustainable cash reserve. You know, sometimes you'll hear financial advisors throw out ideas like three months of expenses or six months of expenses. Sometimes you'll hear a year of expenses. Sometimes you'll hear three months of income. And what I'll say to you is all those rules of thumb probably aren't you, but I usually find that there's some number you know, when I talk to people that they know right away that that's a number that they're comfortable with. And okay. so what you want to do is kind of help them understand if that number is too low, right, Tammy? Yeah. So when we with clients, and you do this as well, I know KT have said in, on a few of your meetings, is knowing your clients and knowing your, your situation. So as, as a, a, an employee, if you know that you don't have a paid medical leave option, it's important to know what your employer does offer. Do they offer a short-term disability insurance that will cover the loss of income that your family is going to bring in? Do they have a long-term disability insurance policy that usually is a percentage? Both of those are usually a percentage of your pay. It might cover short-term, sometimes covers 100%, sometimes it covers 60%. And long-term insurance usually only covers 60 to 65% of your income. So it's important to know what that is. And then to back up your statement, KT, it's always important to have that cash reserve as well as that. So knowing that if you, you all of a sudden can't work for one reason or another, how are you going to pay for your time off? So your disability can cover a disability of your own, but maybe not, it wouldn't cover a disability of your child. Yeah, it's a really good point, right? Because it it all depends upon how you end up out of work. Like what's the driving force? Are you sick? Is somebody in the family sick? Because if you're sick, you might have some insurance through work. But if it's for your spouse, then you don't have any insurance through work. Then you better have some cash. Right. And so now your spouse is sick and and you need time off to take care of your spouse. Uh, It's important to have that that cash reserve set aside. And so, you know, usually what we, we would say is take six months worth of expenses, figure out what your expenses are and make sure you have that in a cash reserve or maybe it's three months. Some clients, I'll tell you, they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel like that's enough. So they want to, to have a little bit extra in their cash reserve. And I think that that makes sense in their situation if it's going to help them sleep at night, knowing that if something happened to anyone in their family, that they would be able to pay their bills on time for, you know, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year. It's nice to know that. Yeah. I also think it's really important to know what you can get access to how quickly and how often, right? So things like, I mean, I think that people used to think about, you know, cash reserves, like the money in your checking account or your savings account. And, you know, I always think that should be, you know, that should be significant. I mean, I, I, you know, they say something like the average checking account balance is like $312 or something like that. So what I'll say to you is that's probably not significant enough, guys, if it's you. Um, (laughs) You know, but then you want to have a certain amount of money in your checking account, even though you don't earn any interest on it, because the reality is you're not keeping a lot of money there if you're doing the right thing, but maybe it's a few grand, whatever that number is. And then in addition to that, you want to have like a second tier where you're earning a little bit more interest. This might, you know, a bank money market product. It might be a CD. It might, you know, might be a tax exempt bond fund, but it's not money you think you're going to spend, but it's money you need, you could get to if you had to. 
And then beyond that, you have things like traditional investments where you could own uh, mutual funds or stocks or bonds or things like that. But it's not like artwork or coins. It's not things that you'd have to sell in a fire sale to raise the money. It's things that could be easily, that's a really important word, easily converted to cash if needed. And so if it's not easily converted, it's not cash reserve. No matter how you think about it, no matter what you own, whether it's real estate or cars or anything, if you cannot easily convert it to cash, it is not cash reserve. You know, a lot of people in the industry call that just a a foundation of your finances. And many times when we take a look at somebody's financial plan, well, always, I should say, when we look at somebody's financial plan, that's the first thing we'll look at is do they have a good foundation? So do they have a good cash reserve in order to sustain the fact that we're moving forward into the next year, such as investments, to your point, right? or towards their, their goals? But if they don't have that, that foundation, you can do all the long-term planning that you want. But if something happens and somebody gets severely sick or injured in your house, without that foundation, your house falls down. Right. And I think that, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I, I had somebody working for me that came up to me and said, hey, do you know how I can make five grand like quick? And I said, no, she's, I don't know. I've always had to actually work hard for every five grand I've ever made. What are you thinking about? And he said, oh, I know this guy who's starting a cannabis company, blah, blah, blah. And he's willing to sell me a portion of the ownership of the company. So, I mean, this is a kid with like no money in the bank. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, there's this hot thing that you think is a hot thing. And you're going to try to make $5,000 quick so you can buy into a company that you don't know anything about. And maybe you'll make it super rich. And I'm like, that's called the lottery. Buy $5,000 worth of scratch tickets. You'll probably do better. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, so the first part of making sure that you take care of yourself is making sure you have some money to fall back on. And it's also making sure that not necessarily that you always have insurance, but that you understand where you do not have insurance and how the insurance that you have works. Because I think that, um, you know, being so, I've been self-employed for a really long time. And as a self-employed person, I feel a need to have significantly more cash than I would if I were an employee, because I understand that it's not just me I'd be taken care of. And so, um, you know, if you're self-employed, you want to have more cash. But, you know, if you're self-employed, you don't care about the Family Medical Leave Act either, because you just get to write all the checks. But if you're an employee and you've got benefits through work or you have no benefits through work, you might want to think about things like how how do I protect myself if I get sick? Well, you could do things like, uh, you know, you could do uh, business with a duck, right? You know, I mean, you and I laughed about it at lunch. I mean, people say to me, they come in and they go, Aflac, Aflac. And I go, oh, really? The duck? And all they know is that you get sick or injured and the duck shows up and gives you money. But Tammy, tell people a little bit about what it actually really is. Well, in, in the, you know, I guess we, we use Affleck as an example, but there's all kinds of, you know, insurance companies out there that, that offer disability insurance, um, but they also offer other types of insurance. And so what you and I've seen a lot happen is when people come in and they have questions about their quote unquote disability insurance. And then when we open up the, the, the policy, it's not a disability insurance, it's a hospital insurance policy, or it's a cancer insurance policy. So making sure that you understand exactly what you're you're buying when you get an insurance policy. These insurance policies are, some of them are really great to have just know what they are. So a disability insurance policy, straightforward, will cover a gap in your income. So it will cover, like I said earlier, it will cover a percentage of your income. It might be 60%, it might be 50%, and then you pay a premium for that. Other types of insurance is things like cancer insurance, hospital insurance. Those type of things will cover incidences, and they'll give you a lump sum of money for one incident. 
So I've seen things like for broken arms, we'll pay you $200. For for cancer, we'll pay X amount of dollars. And so each incident has its own premium. So really, but it also they also have their own premium, right? So you end up buying a whole bunch of these. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you pay for cancer is your only concern. Which, by the way, sorry guys. Cancer is not your only concern, but people will say to me, you know, well, or I buy this accident. I I have this accident death and dismemberment policy that's going to like really pay off if I like lose an eye or lose a leg or or yeah. Yeah. And pretty much what it is in order. Those are cheap though. I mean, insurance companies make a, make a lot of money off of every individual paying out of their, their paycheck $2 bi-weekly. And people go, well, how come uh, this is so cheap? Why wouldn't I just buy it? It's because it actually nearly never pays. That's right. Because because you've got to die catastrophically. And most people, it's just not that exciting. That's right. You have to die, either die through an accident or you need to lose an arm or a leg or an eye. That's the accidental death and dismemberment. Right. Policy. And so most people don't get sick like that. They get like this, you know, they start losing their appetite and the next thing they know it's cancer or they have a heart attack or they have a stroke and or they there there are a lot of ways that people get sick and die but guess what dying by accident actually isn't even in the top 10 no which is why no, it's, it's cheap. usually sickness that's right so rule of thumb for insurance policies that you buy the cheaper they are the less likely it is that it's actually going to happen so just know that you mean there's you no know, free and, lunch and it, <laughs> no free lunch. The most expensive insurance policy out there is, well, long-term care insurance. I think that would probably be the most most expensive or maybe life insurance in your 80s. Do they sell life insurance in your 80s still? I don't know if they sell them that old, but let's just face it. The older you get, the more you pay because the more certain it is you're going to get the benefit. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Why would they insure you for cheap if they actually had to pay it? That's right. So know what you're buying, I guess, is the big the big takeaway from that piece, right? So make sure that you understand what your benefits are available in your state. Make sure you understand what your employer provides or doesn't provide. Make sure that you have a reasonable cash reserve. And by reasonable, I mean three to six months or more, depending upon who you are and whether or not your spouse has a job too. You know, are you living paycheck to paycheck or do you have, you know, some money that you could fall back on if one of you got ill? If you're living paycheck to paycheck, then you really have to make sure that you have some way to replace one of those paychecks. And then you'd look at disability insurance. A lot of times you can get disability insurance through your employer, but if you can't, then you have to actually go looking for it in the private market. And there's some benefits to buying it in the private market, but you know, you would do that through an insurance agent. And we don't, we don't sell insurance here. And we, you know, we do all kinds of analysis to help people figure out what they need. But when the day is done, we don't do any commissionable products here at New Day Solutions. So we don't sell any insurance of any kind. Um, We'd have to bring an agent in who actually sold insurance to talk to you about buying coverage if you wanted to reach out. But if you had other questions about getting yourself ready for, you know, making sure that you're taking care of the what ifs in your life, including what happens if you're unable to work consistently or a disability or a death or anything else financially that you're looking to find solutions for. Timmy, how would people reach out to you? Sure. They can contact our office. We have a 800 number here. The number is 800-834-2101. They can reach me on my email at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at NewDaySolutions.com. And you can always visit us on our website at NewDaySolutions.com. And we'll make sure that information is in the show notes. And so if you or a loved one or somebody that you care about ultimately ends up not able to work, you want to make sure that you really understand those benefits and how they might help you and what kind of protections you have under the law. So that's our tip for the day. 
Uh, thanks for tuning in until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.